this button here means that we have started recording, which means we're making a, a, a video podcast. Oh my goodness. Um, right, so hello everyone. Good good evening. Uh, it's it's not the... Tw- I, I don't even know when this one's going out. It's going out on the something of... I think this one's going out on the 29th of December. So, right. uh, no, uh, yes, 29th of December. So everyone should be um, partying, should have should be partied out having had a, a, a raucous Christmas. No, everyone's going to just be at home on their own. So, um, and in fact, if I press this button here, Emily is here. Hello, Emily. Hello. Um, Hello. The, 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 we're, we're, we're partying hard for everyone who's potentially stuck at home. We don't know what the COVID rule is going to be doing by, uh, by this point. So anyone who's stuck at home, we are partying. I have here uh, tactical merchandise with a, um, it's a hot chocolate. Actually, it's not hot anymore. It was hot. Um, infused with uh, little Irish cream. So that's, that's what I'm drinking just now. What on earth is that, Emily? So I found the recipe online. It's, I wanted something sort of snowy Christmassy. So, but I only like things that taste like they come from a sweet shop. <laughs> so it's condensed milk and coconut milk, which seem to be kind of not mixing well in it. Uh, I'll probably be sick tomorrow morning either way, so I won't know what's caused it. Uh, and some cloves and cinnamon and some Malibu. It's uh, both sweet and bitter at the same time. It's not good, but I've drank enough of it now that I'm I'm not minding it. It's, so say it's going down. I need to, I need to, I need to, hmm, not really this teaspoon so that I can, I, I, yeah, uh, Plug into this properly. Mm. The Irish cream. I put. I went hard on the Irish cream, but um, yeah, it's good. It's good. Mugs available uh, in the usual place, everyone. So, I also have mince pies. This is my confession: is that I'm, I'm I might start crumbling through a mince pie soon. Thanks, Sainsbury's. Uh, I Sainsbury's- do have food as well, but I'm not revealing that till later. Oh, till a specific moment. It's, uh, it's a, that's a spoiler. That is a spoiler. Spoilers. Oh, I'll, I mean, there's other things. I have mead and there's whiskey over there that I've, I've got as backup whiskey if needed. So, oh my goodness. So basically, um, it's it's party time here in, well, in, in Peeway Towers and also in uh, Randall Round Towers, where there's a fantastic array of underground merch uh, and, and paraphernalia. No, wrong it's, way, it's wrong nice. way. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's all backwards. But either side of us. Right. Um, we are, so, so Emily, um... Well, I tell you what. Let's let me go back to the let's go back to the to the slide deck and 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 get 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 things moving because otherwise we'll end up just drinking and chatting for an hour, which to be fair is actually what we're going to do. I'm going to start with this cursed image. Um, this is cur- this is a cur- very cursed looking cake, um, and it's got it's got like early '90s photograph vibes as well because this mm-hmm. this photograph was taken in 1992 because it was my first birthday. If Thomas could have red eye, he would have red eye in that picture. That's <laughs> how that's have. how nineties photo vibes. Is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this. I I love my dear mother. Um, and this, to be fair, a lot of work went into this, and it is actually brilliant. But also, it's definitely got some serious cursed vibes. Um, this is this is a cake made to look like a train in this or a locomotive. In this instance, it's Thomas. Um, particular um, apropos of nothing my mother has has wrapped it in licorice which I uh, now hate uh, and also uh, decimated coconut is the grass which I also hate uh, I have to remember to audio describe this is Thomas the Tank Engine and it looks like Thomas the Tank Engine is is very sweaty has like bulbous strange eye like it's it's Thomas the Tank Engine but with Palpatine's face and like the buffer the buffers have melted downwards I think in in defense of your mother, it's a little bit 
you're being a little bit harsh on it. I think that's it's a good cake. It's it's a lot of work has gone into it. A lot of yeah, it has. Mum, if ever you listen to one of these, which I know you don't, um, uh, this I did love. I love this cake, and and its shonky energy is actually uh, it's heartwarming. And underneath it, you can see that underneath it there is a bit of uh, what is an actually delicious. Mum's carrot cake recipe is uh, excellent, so uh, I can't complain too much. But anyway, there we go. And this 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 got me thinking. Like, well, okay, we make cakey things related to railways all the time but do we uh you know does the railway return the favor are there things that the railway is has uh has been created for the railway uh stations and the like that look edible and and this is what we're going to tackle um in in tonight's episode um emily to be honest i'm gonna i'm gonna crack i, I think we just let's just let's just make the magic happen um okay everyone welcome to tonight's rail matter <laughs> jump back to uh jump back to us two while we're boozing away um ah oh, emily i so I, I this is a piece of trivia that, that's uninteresting to anyone but you know if rail Natter ever comes famous in 10 years or something and if i've been doing this every week for that for that period of time good grief um i didn't I, everyone laughs at me because i always say and the intercity 225 fades away i didn't do it in my pre-record episode that went out on wednesday and everyone shouted at me they were very angry that i hadn't said the normal words um uh, it was, yeah, it was a, it was a, a scary you, moment. You've fallen below the standards of rail natter. That's this is it. I, I've let the people down. The people I've let the people down, and they let me know about it. Um, so yeah, uh, cakes. In fact, that's, so so to continue that thing, I'm gonna jump back. Let's get our two little faces and um, jump back here where the, the snow is falling. And, and and indeed, like you know, 30 years later or whatever, I was I was still getting cakes that look like trains. Uh, although I was making fun of Mum's Thomas, this one looks less like a train than any of them. But it it was it was it's definitely a Swiss roll with um with just lots of Haribo stuck to it. But that's fine, uh, and it was delicious. I was I couldn't eat the whole thing. It was a lot of sweetness in there. But um, this these are both cakes of trains. But no one has worked out that I'm not so much of a train guy, and I'm more of a railway guy, and. Mm. No one has created something as beautiful as this, which you're going to have to tell me about because you sent me this picture through moments ago. This is Mornington Crescent Station as a cake. This is spectacular. Yeah, well, it's actually a gingerbread house. So ah, behind okay. behind those two walls is nothing, um, which is kind of the same as Mornington yeah. Crescent Station because there's only two <laughs> visible walls that are attached to other things. Uh, so my partner Paul and I made this cake last, or this gingerbread house. Now I'm calling it a cake oh, no, last sorry. Christmas. I'm going to be honest here. I bake the gingerbread and he did all the decoration. I am not artistic like that in any way, except for I cut out those bands, those white bands from candy straws and stuck them above <laughs> the blue bit there. Um, that was meant to be the station canopies, but we couldn't fit the name of the station on them in icing. But uh, yeah, I was. we were very keen to make a Leslie Green station because they do have that kind of chocolatey look on the front. It, it did look a bit redder before it dried. It's a bit browner than the station should be. Ah, yeah, but yeah. had a lot of fun with that. We haven't decided on what we're making this year. We want to go for a different, not a Leslie Green station, but we'll... we'll I'll post it up on Twitter when we when we eventually come up with it. This, this is it. You'll have to do just that. I, I mean, this is this is just exquisite and delightful. And it and it 
it kind of raises the the point of the 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 that we are well there there are a variety of reasons why this ridiculous episode has come to fruition and we're going to talk a bit about that in a moment but it really does raise the question well are our railway stations particularly you know are our railway things paraphernalia particularly edible looking or you know do we have to hunt it out and well we'll maybe conclude work that out by the end of the the episode but um uh emily before we before we talk more about delicious edible railway things um, let's go back to big faces. I've not had a guest on for ages. I'm forgetting what buttons to press here. Um, <laughs> Emily, tell us about yourself. It's a pleasure to have you on. But um, if if people haven't come across you before, what um, what do you do, and uh, and where can they find you? In 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 and and to yeah, that all that sort of thing. Yes, I mean for for all your other guests who are railway people who work on the railways, people with expertise on the railways, I feel very behind them. But um, I am originally from Canada, from Edmonton, which is why I'm wearing an Edmonton Oilers hockey team uh, Santa hat. But um, I've lived in Europe for about 11 years, the UK for 10 years. And when I grew up, there's nothing well there's a light rail that's basically just a glorified tram in Edmonton mm. but it was always the most exciting thing to ride <laughs> I loved it, it p- particularly because we lived a 30 minute drive from it so if you drove there you were only ever taking it to a hockey game or a festival oh. or something so it was always associated with positive things mm. uh and then when I moved to Vienna I rode on every tram, every U-Bahn, every S-Bahn, every bus. I was like, this is the best thing in the world. (laughs) And I've always loved riding on public transport. Um, And then I came to London and I loved it. And I was really enthusiastic about transport, but not in a way that, you know, I wasn't keen to go rare track bashing or I wasn't keen to sort of know the names of every train. I just liked riding on it. And... I tried to go to a few events and things, but I never really felt like I was fitting the vibe of what was going on. And then about two years ago, well, yeah, just before the pandemic, two things happened simultaneously. One of them was that uh, my friend Hugo, who I had met when I rode every bus in London in a year, he introduced me to a lot of his friends and we got in a chat group together, which was all train and uh, bus enthusiasts who had so much knowledge, but were so welcoming and taught me things. And I learned so much from them. And at almost the same time, I met my partner, Paul, who is a massive railway enthusiast. All the stuff behind me, for the most part, belongs to him. Um, And he was also very welcoming and helpful and taught me a lot. So I became very into railways very quickly from different sides and learned an awful lot. And then last January, I was on furlough and Paul was taking all the holiday he hadn't taken all year because of COVID. And we said, oh, we should have a project that we work on. And I suggested we come up with a podcast about the underground. So we started our podcast, which is called Roundel Round We Go. So Roundel as in which side is it? The underground roundel, it's backwards. Uh, So yeah, Roundel Round We Go, which uh, we basically take this bag And we draw the name of a station out of it every time we record one and we research it and we make a podcast about that station. So we've had eight episodes come out already and then we realized we couldn't research and record uh, episodes at the rate we needed to go. So we've taken a bit of a break and we're releasing, well, the first of eight episodes on the 11th of January. So we're looking forward to that. Mm, Ah, fantastic. And that that ties into... It ties into a bit what we were chatting about kind of um, earlier and, and, and what we chatted about when we first kind of bounced on the idea of what we might do for a Christmas uh, special episode of, of Natter, which was 
um, which is the fact that you, it's interesting. You know, you had that your your first encounter with railway enthusiasm in in the UK uh, and the enthusiastic community was maybe a, a little bit of maybe a little bit gatekeeper. It's not this is we're not tarnishing the whole lot, you know, the whole community with a brush, but there was a little bit of like knowledge gatekeeperism and like oh yeah, you know, I've, and and. and and actually, sometimes it's good to just entirely subvert that. Yeah. And I think also, you know, I went to those, I went to events and things, but I didn't know how to meet people there. I didn't know the context of getting into things. I think there was a lot, you know, this would have been 2011. There was a lot less on the internet, mm, yeah. uh, on sort of Twitter around railways, or at least I didn't know where to find it. So it took me more. It's one of those things that as soon as you get into something, then it's suddenly suggesting I follow this person and suggesting yeah, I follow yeah, this yeah. person. I suggest, And then I find out about all these different things, but I just didn't have that. And so it was just something that I had a mild interest in, but wasn't overly involved in, which is sad because now... I've learned so much and I enjoy it so much. Exactly. It's, and it's, and it's, and we're definitely going to have to get you on to, um, like have to definitely get you on to talk, talk more about, uh, sort of, um, the kind of the perspective of, of kind of making this stuff accessible and, and the fact that it, there's quite, there's so many different layers of things that are interesting and useful about kind of public transport and, 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 you know, the, 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 diff the sort of different facets of it, the, the the passenger experience, engineering, all these things, and how much it's important to make that accessible to everyone, so everyone can enjoy it or or take the useful things out of it, or you know benefit from it usefully if they actually travel. Um, we're definitely gonna have to get you on uh, again uh, to talk about that. But yeah. before that, we th we thought, yeah, before that though, let's entirely subvert and and uh, and and just make a complete mockery of the whole thing by talking about uh, how much we want to eat all of the railway stations we travel to. Yes, um, it's, it's a great attempt for me to be taken seriously by the railway community. <laughs> it's just to talk about railway stations that look edible. But it's fine. I'm excited because I love food and railways, so it works out well. My, some people point. Some people occasionally suggest that my that my main like my main shtick is to just sort of get as many people in the railway enthusiast community uh, to to find me irritating or or to create anger against me as possible. You know, I say mean things about HSTs. I you know, I'm dismissive about steam trains, this sort of thing. And and, and this is going to be no different uh, where we're going to, you know, talk about how edible uh, stations are. So, oh, without further ado, because we've been uh, yammering on already for uh, some some minutes already, 15 minutes we've, we've been chatting away. I knew this would go like this. Uh, fill your drinks, everyone. Uh, actually, I'm going to... I'm nearly one. finished mine. I'm going to get my new pitch, my pitcher and refill it. Oh, wow. <laughs> It's like a pitcher with a giant whisk in it. Yeah. <laughs> it was the water pitcher I got home and poured out and was like, great, this is where my drink's going now. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some... Uh, are they bubbles or is it curdled? I don't know. Oh, we'll it could be. It. Yeah, there's some strange lumps going on. That's good. I'm going to get it's a fine. mince pie out. That's that's what I'm doing. Oh, dear. I made the mistake of getting... I'm recording a podcast at the same time as eating uh, mince pies with icing sugar on top. That's going to go well. What's going to happen there, you see, is I'm going to uh, suffocate... Uh, choke on the icing sugar as it goes down my throat so i've got that oh i was to. i was thinking more you'd ended up with it all over your face and it would be some sort of drug scandal or something oh that that, that that's that'd be that that'll be that's fine. fine i'm thinking more about choking to death uh on the old icing sugar yeah. so let us return to this fantastic um gingerbread mornington crescent let's let's do this thing so we've got we've picked off um actually i say that i'm gonna go straight back to our big faces because we've for this episode what what have we done we've we've well firstly we're drinking all sorts of chaos so this, this is a party so we're doing that we've got our hats you've got sparkling lights behind you there's a duck as well which is very nice yeah uh it's all happening uh we have picked and there's no particular order 
there's no particular um, science behind it. We've not picked the best edible station. We've just kind of... It ended up being quite challenging to find edible. Like, there are lots of places that kind of you could use your imagination and say, well, if this turned into a cake, I'd eat it. <laughs> but in terms of a station that, like, has particularly delicious-looking qualities, yeah. it was it, became, it was more challenging than I thought it would be. Um, I still had quite a lot of fun hunting out, though. Um, I did. And I have to say, I only chose UK stations, so you broadened the, the scope. I, which... I cheated, and I brought I widened the scope because I found it hard. I... You know, that that's totally fair. Um I was I was determined to do UK stations because I've probably been to more stations. I mean, I've done the Trans-Siberian and the railway across Canada, which means I've probably been to more international stations than UK stations. But I used some books, I used some research, and and I did that. Yeah, well, this is it, and hopefully everyone will find uh, hopefully everyone will find some familiarity with some of these, and definitely in the chat. Hello to the chat who is are, are chatting away right now as this goes out as a weird sort of live-ish episode. Uh, on premiere um uh all of those in the chat make your suggestions as to what stations you think are edible and then chuck them in the discord and then if, if there's particularly good suggestions that that both emily and i will slap our head about for not having thought of mm-hmm. um then we will then i'll, I'll post those on twitter because that'd be quite fun to to continue to talk about uh, edible stations anyway right emily i we will we're gonna, gonna do it so okay let's do uh, it let's do it we're starting edible railway station number one it's one of yours so we did five each yeah. And um, and we're starting with one of yours, which is Great Malvern uh, in Worcestershire. And um, let's get the picture up here. Here, yeah. uh, just look at this. Look so at this. I think this is a strong start. This it one. is. I cho- I did. You said no particular order, but I chose this one to start with because I thought this is bam. This is yeah, bang on exactly what you want for an edible rail station. So I think there's so many elements of this rail station that look edible to me. Yeah. I mean those <laughs> those columns. First of all, if you look at the bottom bits of them, they look like candy straws. Yep. Definitely. So you've got that element. Then you go, like that picture on the right, which is each one of those supports has a different pattern based on, I think it's local, yeah, based on local flowers or flowers from the area. They're all different and all of them look delicious. I mean, I think everything in there could be part of a fruit salad color wise yeah. or even just actually the leaf i mean the leaves do look a bit marijuana-y but yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't go down that road but um yeah i mean i just felt like i looked at that and then i went watermelon there definitely yeah. lime or cantaloupe you've got sort of a lemony or banana you've got the darker green which i guess could be like mint or something which would be really nice spicy the blue is not quite blueberry but you know it's fairly close and then what I think is the kicker is those like canopy supports that have, to me, they look like rhubarb crisp. Um, <laughs> they're very rhubarby. They're very, they have that sort of the yellowy is like the crisp yeah. on top of the rhubarb. When I was a kid, I used to visit uh, my cousins who lived in Winnipeg and they grew, had a lot of rhubarb growing in front of their house. And we'd take rhubarb and dip it in sugar oh. and eat it. And it was so good. And that just, the top is definitely rhubarb. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've waxed lyrical a little bit too much about this station. No, no, no. This is, this is it. This is the thing. I, I think, like, I, I just want to I, I want to dive in with my hands and sort of start. It, it, it's, it looks, it's a very strong start. It's an incredibly strong start. We are, we are off to a kicker here. This, Great Malvern, I think, absolutely up there. I'm going to, uh, this is why I've put food in front of me because I, I thought that ah, I won't get too hungry. So I ate before the pod. And I am already getting hungry looking at, weirdly, railway stations. So it's having the desired effect. (laughs) 
it's since since we discussed doing this episode, every station I'm at, I'm like, oh, should I? Could I eat that? Is that <laughs> is is there anything in Houston that looks edible? I don't yeah. think so, but I'm still looking at it that way. Ah, the, um, yeah, the, the baffles on the ceiling, perhaps, and the Toblerones. Anyway, you know, this is this is it. You know, where where do we go? Yeah. So so that was great, Malvern, an, an incredibly strong star. I, I think. You know, there's a risk that we peaked or have we you know it's a very good it's a very good i think the thing about this one is it i mean some of those things do look edible just as is they're shaped to be edible i think as we go on we've got some more creative spins i think this one on the surface looks very edible Mm. there's some more that we will get to that i feel are more creative i hope (laughs) so uh the next uh station uh is one of the ones i've picked and we're staying. Uh, we're staying in London. Actually, we're, we're sorry, staying. We're going to London. We're starting off uh, our first with our first uh, our first tube station, uh, which is Southgate. Uh, and for anyone who's not familiar with Southgate, uh, by the way, these aren't all just places that are in Tim's uh, architecture series. Although so far they have been. Um, we do break free of Tim uh, shortly. Uh, Southgate tube station. The reason being, it's look at it. It's like a so I, for me. This is saying a lot of things. Uh, you know, it's saying it's you know the first thing I think of is, is it's a Frey Bentos pie, uh, which is uh, are you familiar with Frey Bentos pies? No, I mean I I had a a puzzle that I did last year mm. that was the brands that built Britain, which sounded really Brexity and probably <laughs> was pretty Brexity in the way that it was presented. But it did have Frey Bentos on it, and I went, I don't know what that is, That's but kind of I've like- heard of it. Frey Bentos occupies the same space as like Ginster's pasties do in terms of like the stand-up circuit of like food that's that's fun to make fun of. Yeah. Like a Frey Bentos pie, it comes in a tin. You microwave it's it's you put it in the oven. Anyway, this this Frey Bentos. You microwave a tin. That sounds quite dangerous. Yeah, that's a, don't do that. Do not do that at home, uh, folks. Uh, but it's but also like it's a bit of a flan vibe. You know, is this a stacked plate? What's on there? Is it a wedding cake? It's got kind of like the fact that it's got this quite. It's it, I suppose it's because the architecture is so striking, right? Yeah. That it just it's just singing edible to me. Um, and 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 then the sort of the the, the sort of space aged thing on the top. Good grief, what could it be? I think before this, you suggested also like cheesecake. Yeah, it I, does look like a cheesecake to me because you look like it looks like you could make that in a springform pan. It has that <laughs> that vibe and like a cheesecake that's been. I don't want to say it's been flipped upside down, but it it does. Or oh, cheesecake yeah. has overflowed the tin a bit, but somehow defied gravity. Someone's try. It's my trick when it comes on the flat board and it's got the cardboard on it. You want to get rid of the cardboard, so I yes. put it on. A, I put a plate on it, flip it upside down. Yes. Yeah. And it's fallen out. And yeah, that does. It does look like a plate, but then the thing on the top. I mean, it has a bit. Hmm. I mean, there's parts of me that say it has a bit of a kind of ice cream sundae element to yeah. it <laughs> in some sense, uh, but not quite. I mean, there's lots of there's lots of things I'm thinking around this. It's um. Anyway, it, the circular nature of it, the it, I just I, I'm hungry. I'm hungry looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, good. Paul and I have discussed making a cake instead of a gingerbread for Christmas and it looking like this station, but. I think we're going to go with another gingerbread house. Oh, well, I'm, I am excited about that. So, yeah, that's good. So, no spoilers for the gingerbread house. Um, so, Southgate Station. Ah, so that sound that Emily won't have heard was um, was a Class 156 on the West Highland line about 15 years ago. But it was also to signify that we have a bonus round, which is Emily's bonus cocktail submission. Which is... Emily, what is it? Well, I mean... 
So I thought Liverpool Lime Street, it's got lime in the name. Mm-hmm. That sounds great as a cocktail. I like margaritas and mojitas and uh, daiquiris. They all have lime in them. That sounds quite appealing. Uh, I asked a friend from Liverpool if there was any sort of specific Liverpool drink and he named some Liverpool breweries and I thought probably not putting lime in beer not really my idea of of well I don't know I am so I am so again I drink things that are basically taste like sugar so I don't really know <laughs> but I think I don't I mean I, I like Liverpool as a city I've been there many times I don't know how to def, you know distill it into its drinkable qualities pun intended but uh it's yeah i just think something sort of mojito-ish um maybe i don't feel mojitos are very liverpool but as soon as i see lime that's what i think so i think i think i think it is mojito i think you go mojito and then you you'd need to like definitely like sort of um like uh think tank some some twists to put on the mojito but I, i don't know mojito it's got a bit of a you know, people think of Liverpool, they think of the swinging 60s a bit. They sort of, yeah, yeah it's got think, a bit of you a know, stylish... Sometimes people go there for hen nights and things, so that's kind of cocktail. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a big sort of LGBTQ club scene, at least from what I saw from wandering around Liverpool. I'm not, as a non-Liverpudlian, I mean, I just don't feel like I, I want to to say what I think would, just, would make Liverpool as a drink. Um, but I think... There's lots of potential there for Liverpool Lime Street. We, def- okay. we definitely have some uh, some Liverpudlian uh, viewers. So if, if if you're in the in the chat, what would you put into a Liverpool Lime Street cocktail? Uh, let us know. Um, but I it's at the moment it's a mojito and it's going down smooth. Um, yeah. So that was our that was our little um, that was our little uh, bonus cocktail submission interlude. Liverpool Lime Street. We'll, we'll, there'll be more of those later, but. We also have to go on to Emily's next submission. We are we are not getting through. Oh, we're getting through these. Uh, not a bad lick, I think. Glasgow Queen Street is the next one. Okay, um, so. And here newest, we have a nice picture of Glasgow Queen newest Street. Newest station. I mean, obviously the station itself isn't new, but the redevelopment of the station is very new. And now this is very North American of me, but when I see <laughs> this, I think s'mores. So... <laughs> I have the ingredients for s'mores. Oh my in god! Front right, we're going to go big face again. Okay, this. go go big face. Here yeah. Okay, yeah. so I've got the graham crackers that I bought from the American shop because people in this country, if they make s'mores, make them with digestive biscuits, which are fine, but graham crackers are the way to do it. So I've got those. Um, I've got marshmallows. Amazing. Which again, not the greatest marshmallows in the world, but what Sainsbury's delivered to me, and I've got a stick to put it on. It's a chopstick, which might light on fire, but it's okay. I haven't drank that much yet. Um, I've got a gingerbread-flavored candle, which is great because it's thematic. Um, And I'm going to try to roast this marshmallow uh, and make a s'more. Oh, I've got the chocolate as well, Mm. uh, which won't melt as much as it's meant to. So I'm just going to light a match in front of the computer, which is great. This is brilliant. This This is a rail natter first. We're doing fire in rail natter. As, a, as as someone who used to call himself a pyromaniac, I am. Um, I should. I, I'm. I'm having to contain my excitement. There we go. Okay, so that's that's lit. It's not providing much flame. I did try this on a tea light, but I thought I'd make a better a better candle. I'll get the piece of chocolate. Uh, Here we go. Oh. It won't get 
it won't get hot enough to make the chocolate melt, which is what you really want. Yeah, okay. But see, I thought it looked like a s'more because you've got that bit on the top, which mm -hmm. looks like a graham cracker. Yep. You've got the white bit that looks like a marshmallow. And then the glass there looks like a bar of, of like baking chocolate. Or, it really does. It actually looks quite like like one of those lint chocolate bars or, yeah. or one of those green and black, like a thin chocolate bar, which I was yeah, going to get yeah, but yeah. completely forgot. So I'm going to try roasting this marshmallow. Um, I will raise the marsh the, the candle up and see. The thing is, you basically just have to light it on fire because you don't have enough heat and flame that you would at like a bonfire. But look at this. This is real time cooking. Cooking with rail natter. Look at this. Yeah. I'm, this is quite. Uh, it's quite captivating. I'm. Uh, it's not going to be the best roast marshmallow because it's going to be super smoky from being on this tiny little. <laughs> thing, but. Yeah. It's it's really black on this side. No, that's that's not that's not um, roasted. That's just carbon. Yeah, that's. Yes, just I know carbon. it's just carbon, but it'll roast in. Look, there we go. It's lighting. Oh, up there we go. A bit. There we go. Oh, okay. So there's fire. Don't we don't want to watch your house burn down in real time? So we are. No, we're, we're... I don't want to do that either. But we'll let that. I mean, that. I wouldn't make them this carbony. When I was a kid, I used to have them as a snack after school that I'd make in the microwave. <sighs> Which is obviously a really healthy snack. Amazing. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's so good for the good for put the heart. this in here. Chocolate. Not cooked all the way through biscuit. because it was made over a candle. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well, the only thing you could have done is just have, have like, I mean, having any larger a piece of fire in front of you would have just been dangerous. Yes, it would have been. So I'm making a really bad looking s'more. <laughs> See. <laughs> the burnt bit, but there's actual marshmallow oh, there. There is melted marshmallow in there, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's the chocolate, and it it's basically just Glasgow Queen Street. That's, that is Queen Street. That's, 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 that's what it is. It's there just it is, story. yeah. You've got the colors there. You've got the chocolate. Um, it's really good. It is good. It's past the... It's 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 excellent. Well, there, It tastes like carbon, but it's good. Ah, you know, some of the best things uh, in life taste like carbon. Um... There we go, Glasgow Queen Street, as recreated by uh, Emily Turner on a rail natter. That's um, I'm very pleased about that. <laughs> and it didn't set fire to your house, and it I, I'm now very jealous of your s'more. Uh, yeah. There we go, s'more live on the uh, live on the show. So <laughs> with cocktail, I gotta have a glug of uh, Bailey's hot chocolate, and then mm. uh. there is nothing hot about that. So um, let us continue. So we had Glasgow Queen Street, which, which definitely is a s'more. That is uh, like zero doubt. Yeah. Now we're, we're we're going abroad for the first time. We're going abroad. We're going to Stockholm, and we're going to Tison Trallen Station, um, which for for our fourth edible railway station. It's one of my suggestions. And when I bring it up, I think you'll agree there is something of the um, uh, packet rice about this. I think uh, it just looks like a bag of rice. Uh, I, yeah, I, which you know. Having just having had for my dinner uh, a thing of chickpea dal, I'm uh, I, I was missing some rice, so I could have done with um, tea central and station come to my rescue. Also, it's one of the fantastic Stockholm underground stations. If anyone's been to any of the underground stations in Stockholm, they're awesome. I've never been to Stockholm. I mean, it's very expensive, which is one of the reasons I've never been yeah. there. But um, I would like to go. I mostly go to cities to see their public transport network. Um, I, I was, yeah, I was whizzed over there by, uh, Siemens paid for me to go to UITP, which is a big transport thing. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll I'll go somewhere for free. <laughs> uh, went over there and they didn't really have... I, I was like, what, what's the catch? What do I have to do? And they're like, oh, nothing. Just go and maybe tweet a couple of things. I was like, I can do this. I, went to, I got to go and see their uh, electrified motorway as well, which is really weird. Um, but anyway... Uh, so I didn't really get much time to enjoy Stockholm because we were kind of scheduled. So every minute yeah. of the day we were kind of scheduled. But um, whenever we were traveling, but whenever I could have any level of control, I was like, no, we're going to take the, we're not going to take the coach. We're going to take public transport. Yeah. And so we took public transport, and I managed to get through. I managed to go through several of the underground stations, and they are fantastic. They really are. You know, um, I was thinking, if anyone listening has, you know, plans to start some kind of organic food business or a small business selling food. Or creating flour, which admittedly is a pretty big thing that you'd have to have, like, mills and things to do. (laughs) But if you were going to do that, I mean, I grew up on the prairies. There was a lot of flour around, but I have no idea where it came from other than big grain silos that poured it into trains Mm. that then blocked traffic for hours and hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But nothing against trains obviously but that was a standard experience growing up in alberta um but yeah you this is a this is a perfect I, it's probably copyrighted but you know it's a great branding to put on your bags of flour or rice yeah, exactly get get that going get, got a staple brand it like this so that's uh, that's tea central and um, whether you would just dive hands in to a bag of rice and just eat it immediately or indeed a bag of flour i don't know so am i am i stretching the rules slightly perhaps i mean but, um, yeah. It is reminding me of sort of problematic charity adverts of the 90s being like, you can buy a bag of rice if you donate this much money, which are... Um, oh, yeah. 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 That, that's what I'm thinking. That's the, that's, that's the vibe. Oh, well, in which case, we shall quickly jump forward. <laughs> no, that's not the vibe I'm getting from it. But when I, when I hear, <laughs> would you eat a bag of rice? That's always what came to my head. Well, yeah, true. Um, so we're jumping. We're in another tube station. I kind of gave the game away earlier by saying the first tube station. Well, this is the second tube station we're covering. Yes. Uh, well, because I host a podcast about tube stations, I figured I'd have to get another tube station. Yeah, exactly. Um, Holloway now, Road. Yeah. Yes, Holloway Road. Now, I had to get a Leslie Green station because I thought these tiles, there's so many different tile color patterns. Some of them look like candy. Some of them look like all sorts of different things. Some of them look like contents of toilets. Some of them are not very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through and looked at all of them and I chose Holloway Road because the tile pattern on the platform at Holloway Road very much reminds me of Bangers and Mash. Yep. So my experience of Bangers and Mash is that I I di- didn't eat meat when I moved to this country and still don't. So I, it was not something I tried because it's a very British thing. And I was like, well, I'm not trying that because I don't eat meat. <laughs> and then I was working at the Houses of Parliament and they had vegetarian bangers and mash in the House of Lords one day. And I was like, this is the best thing I have ever tasted in my entire life. Um, and <laughs> then the pandemic happened and I basically ate it almost every day. Um, maybe not quite, <laughs> but very close to it. And I think like, both depending on how much what kind of potatoes you use both the tiles behind holloway road name itself and the ones at the bottom could be the potatoes depending on your your potato preference Mm. and then um i think again vegetarian sausages are a bit different color than other sausages but definitely the sort of either of those browns could be i think the middle one for me would be the the vegetarian sausage and then the outer one would be the gravy and ah so you've gone for it ah that's interesting i was thinking like burnt sausage dark and then the brown uh, gravy but but you flipped it so you've gone for the dark yeah i think you've gone for a rich gravy yeah it's how 
thick you make the gravy, mm. how what kind of sausages they are. But yeah, I think that's definitely all the elements of bangers and mash. Then the outside of the station, I mean, I always think they have this very chocolatey. I mean, I know it's a bit redder than chocolate, but even like a red velvet cake or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. they have that really rich. So basically the platforms are your main meal, and then the outside is the dessert, which is just the dream. I mean, the other thing at Holloway Road is the station uh, the ticket office is all green, so then you've got like peas or beans or whatever yeah, you might put in the bangers of, you know, token mash. greenery, yeah. The yeah. bit on the outside of the tunnel as you leave the station, also green. So, you know, whatever kind of greenery, if you want anything healthy. Yeah, you want some frozen broad beans, boom. Yeah, all of that. It's it's covered there. It really gets gets your whole meal. <laughs> it's it really is a full meal, uh, self contained full meal at Holloway Road. Yeah, glorious. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I, I mean, it is making me hungry. Actually, that um, the bangers and mash there really. Or oh, also, I haven't had bangers and mash in ages, and I am very much. Oof, oof. So get, get on that. From, Change from, that quickly. From the velvet cake and the bangers and mash, we're jumping around the world to Japan. We're going to Kanazawa in Ishikawa because Kanazawa Station, our sixth edible railway station, it looks like a waffle, folks. It looks like a waffle. And as Emily pointed out, it looks like a waffle being supported by two Cadbury's twists as well. Like, that is a waffle and it looks absolutely delicious. And I would like to serve... Well, I mean, I'm not quite sure, not quite sure whether I go for, like, you know, uh, chocolate sauce and cream or whether I go for a bit of maple syrup. Uh, mm. But... Yeah, I'm that I'm, bit I'm that bit on the top of the station behind definitely does have a bit of a cream look. Like there is a ton of cream dolloped on there, which is quite nice. But then those well, the sort of piping on the outside does look like it could be dripping maple syrup. So you've got both covered there. Yeah, both covered. Yeah, nice. I mean cream good. and maple syrup together are the way to go with any kind of these these little the little sort of um uh sort of planter benches in front of it. I like to think each of those is a little sort of uh, ramekin with a different sauce ready to go. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So um one of them's got like little uh, chocolate nibs in it, then another one cream, another one maple syrup. I was thinking if you made I don't know if savory waffles are a thing, but if you made savory waffles, that looks like it could be some kind of mint yogurt sauce or chutney or something. I like. seen uh, <laughs> one of the things I use what you know in the 90s in Britain was a pretty miserable time and uh you know miserable less in like a poverty way although it definitely was but more in a kind of a it was about as gray and and dismal but also somehow horribly brightly colored at a time that Britain could possibly be um everything yes. was totally wrecked and run down but also everything was like everything was like bright green bright pink and and 90s colors right and yeah. One of the things where I'm going with this weird story is one of the things I used to eat as a lazy. My mum used to cook me lovely meals all the time. She very rarely like I owe her a lot for that. Um, but when she was feeling particularly knackered, she would do potato waffles, and they did look mm. like this. So, and admittedly, with the potato waffles, I'd probably just be having. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'd have with it. What what even did we have with potato waffles? We probably had it with sausages or something. Um, so yeah, whether I'd then be having mint sauce with the potato waffle, I don't know. It could work. Yeah, I guess potato waffles are a sort of more savory, a savory option of a waffle. I didn't think of them. I went through a weird phase when I was in Scotland for a few weeks mm. of eating them all the time. Oh, yeah. But then I left Scotland and forgot the potato waffles. Oh, is it just a Scottish thing? Yeah. I don't know if it's just a Scottish thing. I do know that 
when I lived in Austria, I had a friend who was Scottish mm. um, and she was always talking about them. And I hadn't lived here yet, so I didn't really know the scope of things. And she was always talking about them. So I just thought about it as a as Scottish a thing. Scot- oh, yeah. And then I went to Scotland and ate them. But they, they sell them here. I know that. I, but I thought they were sort of I- Scots-Irish thing. See, but I could be totally are... wrong. I'm foreign and misinformed. <laughs> <laughs> Thai scones are definitely a Scottish thing. So the like potato scones, they look, they're really nice. Oh. Maybe it is the potatoes because I've had the potato scones. Ah, Maybe I'm yeah, thinking of those because I was like, it. I don't remember them being waffle shaped. But yes, it's potato scones I've had. Yeah, those are definitely. Scones, Scots, I would say Scottish, it, I... Scots Irish. Yeah, 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 for sure. So but those are great. They look a little bit like the roof thing here, actually. Uh, my strong recommendation for potato scones. We, this is such a segue. My strong recommendation for potato scones. Um, and I'm sure there are station things. In fact, there was a station I picked out. Oh, which one was it? It was probably a Santiago Calatrava station, and it had it had potato scone shaped sort of quarter circles, like in the roof. Okay. And I was thinking, oh, those do look like potato scones, so I should have included it now. Well, um, some kind, they do have the kind of look of acoustic baffles or something like that. They often do. have a, do, have yeah, a yeah. similar shape there, and even the thing on top of Southgate Station isn't that unpotato scone-ish, I think. This is it, yeah. So so. A strong recommendation for anyone who wants to eat a potato scone, uh, go camping, and just when you're making your tea in the morning, uh, just take one of the quarter scones, sit it on top of the kettle while the, while it's boiling to make your tea on the stove. That's when tatty scones taste their best, is when they've just been ooh, toasted like that. Although if you <laughs> obliterate them in the toaster and smother them in butter, they are also sensational. Anyway, potato scones. So, <laughs> ah, now, our next edible railway station. Emily, it's one of yours. We're, we're heading to Stowmarket in Suffolk. Yes, Stowmarket market that neither of us knew how to pronounce 100%. We, we had to Wikipedia, we had to get the IPA up to actually know We're how to English. Stowmarket out. Neither of us are English, we had no um, idea. Now, Stowmarket market to me is, I think, the most malleable of interpretations of the stations I picked out. <laughs> because I think, you know, it could easily be a gingerbread house, and I bet you could, I mean, I think I have gingerbread cutters that look similar to that. Um mm. It could also be a cake, definitely, has elements that some kind of wedding cakes and things have. So there could be an, you know... Yeah, it's got the accoutrements cakes. at the top there, definitely. Yeah, and there's there's bread elements. There's, there's so much to this that I think says break off a piece and eat it. But to me, yeah. it is mostly, <laughs> it's gingerbread with kind of shortbread holding it together which yeah. wouldn't actually work in a baking sense uh at least from my own baking experience i'm sure someone brilliant uh could hold together gingerbread and shortbread somehow yeah. but it just it it's just biscuits i feel like if you bought you know those tins that always end up with sewing stuff in them yes if yes. you bought one of those kind of tins of biscuits, which are always better than you expect them to be. When they show up, you're like, oh, it's just one of these boring biscuit tins and they're actually quite good. But you'd <laughs> expect things to be the various shapes that make up this station exactly. in one of those tins. And you put them all together and you could create this station. So, uh, so I think it's just very biscuity. It is very biscuit. Now, I'm going to take one step further and say that the like. I, a gingerbread definitely the vibe i'm getting here because the the it looks like it's been repointed recently because all the bricks are very prominent in this image it's almost get i'm almost getting like stacked like it's been built out of biscuits it looks like yeah. it's been st- biscuits have been stacked up to create this thing uh it's yeah this is this is a, a feast yeah i mean i think we need to go to stowmarket and just try to take a bit bite out of the station yeah, just to, yeah. is, is it in fact edible yeah <laughs> 
test test at your own uh, advisement, uh, folks. Yeah, um, I'm not sure my dentist would love that idea. <laughs> yeah. it, it really is. It's just vigorously, vigorously biscuity yeah. um, to behold. Absolutely. So, ooh, now... This is good timing because I just finished my hot chocolate. We have another that that two tone uh, means that we have another cocktail submission. And it's my turn now. I, I, my head's in my hands here because um, actually, what happened when we were having the preamble chat uh, before we started recording is that Emily came up with a far better um, uh, name for a drink than than I had, um, which was uh, well. I'm gonna I'm about to drink some mead, so I'm gonna. You know, while we, I think you've I... teased you've teased it a lot there with I'm about to drink some mead. Yeah, it's Bristol Temple Meads. It was your suggestion, which was excellent. I'm, I'm drinking some Agir's Mead, which is uh, by the Lancashire Mead Company. It's very very nice. Bit bit of tannin, bit of tea and orange in there. Very nice. I'm actually gonna have some now. There we go. Uh, I always like doing sound effects. I did quite. I was I recorded uh, an episode of Well There's Your Problem podcast earlier this week. And I made a point of being as loud with my alcohol pouring as I could because it's it's like one of their tropes. But yeah, I, that's, well I can that's hear that pretty well. Oh, nice. Yeah, I good. didn't know. Is mead sir cold as well? I thought it was hot. Uh, it... No, no, you can. Well, you can, I think the good thing with, about mead is, firstly, it's uh, it tastes like honey. So what's not to like? Um, oh, it's very nice. But yeah, bit of tea, bit of tannin. Mmm eminently drinkable but i know you can have it hot you can have it cold you can make toddies out of it but i i, I just have it at room temperature because i'm lazy my whole experience of mead is being in the czech republic with some friends and a guy it's it was a renaissance well it's kind of a renaissance festival um it was a baroque festival i don't really know it was a sort of past <laughs> festival essentially and there was a guy selling hot mead and he was incredibly good looking and my friend lewis who i was with just wanted to flirt with him constantly so we had to keep going back and buying more and more <laughs> mead and i hated it and i was like lewis i don't care how good looking this man is i don't want any more <laughs> yeah. mead um so I think that soured my experience ah, of, of mead drinking, and I haven't branched out at, off that one mead because, I mean, he was a very good-looking man, but nothing ever happened between him and Lewis. So oh, disappointing. See, for me, that feels like a win-win because I, I'm a sucker for mead. I, I don't know what... Wales does quite a lot of mead, and my mum gets me meads for Christmas. She puts a mead in my stocking, a little mini, and I love that. Absolutely love that shit. So, um, yeah, I'm all about mead. But anyway, no, we have to go back. We've distracted from my what i feel is a disappointing um uh suggested um cocktail which is it's a station that's no longer open actually it was it was closed in 1989 it's ampress works halt and the reason i think this is a good cocktail name uh, uh is because um the my suggested cocktail for this is a mixture of uh sherry and spiced rum which uh, is enough to knock your socks, should be enough to knock your socks off. It's kind of like a bit of a queen vibe, you know. She she likes her Dubonnet and gin, so I was like, well, wine, strong wine plus another strong alcohol. Okay, well, let's go, let's go for rum and sherry. Um, so it, it's it's a works halter, right? Hence works halt. And then Ampress, I've no idea. It's just a railway station well, that's called to Ampress. Me, to me, Ampress, when I saw that, I thought Ampressand. And mm. you're putting two different drinks together, so that oh my goodness. almost works in my brain. You're so much better than at this than I am. That well, there we go. Ampress Works Halt. Uh, where um, was Ampress Works Halt? So where Ampress Works Halt was on the Limington branch, and it was like um, it just served some engineering works. It was a really w random station. It was on the electrified little Limington branch, and it mm -hmm. served um, 
You can still see it as you go past. I think they've nabbed the station sign now. But it was, it was like a weird halt that people hopped off to go to, to, to the, the kind of engineering works there. Um, bit random. Uh, Google it for, for further history. And yes, information. I will learn more. It's um yeah I sh- what I should have done there is done some extra research to tell everyone about Ampersworth's Holt but basically if you Google it there's 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 some interesting yeah. history there uh, yeah so there we go that's my bonus cocktail submission um I'm gonna drink a bit more mead hmm lovely um Ampersworth's Holt enough of that next is the next station and we're back in Glasgow we're so not just only... down the street in Glasgow in- indeed just uh just the short shuttle bus away uh, we're heading to Glasgow Central Station because. Oh my goodness. I mean, obviously the yeah. interior buildings in Glasgow Central are made of chocolate, right? They are definitely... This is chocolate. You know, yeah. The, these are chocolate buildings. I mean, if you look at the chocolate that I got to make... Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I'll give a big face again. So you, that, that's the, the same. The chocolate that I bought, which is just the Sainsbury's dark chocolate for the s'mores, that's, that's Glasgow Central Station. I mean, I looked at Glasgow Central and I was like, mm, I don't. I was spending a lot of time looking at Glasgow Central and Glasgow Queen Street because I spent mm. a lot of time in Glasgow when I first moved to the country because I, I was staying with a friend there and I was trying to remember which one I'd I'd been to more. And then I just didn't even think that it looked like chocolate. So it's yeah. it's a really big omission by me. But I'm glad you you. I, I, I picked up. Well, it's good. I'm glad you made the omission because and I it, <laughs> I could cover it. It's it's um it's just it's just it's just eminently chocolatey. You you can just break a piece off it. It's it's yeah. there it is. It's uh, it's lovely. It really is. I mean, it's a glorious station. Uh, and as we know now, absolutely delicious too. Um, so there we go. So what what next? What do we have next? Ah, well, we are. In fact, this is your last, the last of your edible stations. It is. My goodness, it's White Hart Lane in London, in Tottenham. Yes. Well, what's interesting to me is that all three London well, TFL-run stations, at least, that we have chosen uh, are all in northeast London. Uh, and I live in northeast London, and I didn't know you were picking Southgate, so it just feels they're all, they all feel at home to me. Anyone, um, clearly I, the most delicious of the postcodes. You know. Exactly. Well, I mean, I guess it's not any. Oh, it's technically not anyone. It'll be yeah, whatever the any yeah, postcodes are. Yeah, it's not any. It's not Newcastle. Northeast London is the most sure edible part of London. great as well, but um, yes, North London, well, it's sort of north, East, but anyway, um, so White Hart Lane I chose. Now, interestingly, I'd been to the station previously. I used to teach at a school that wasn't too far from here, but it was closer to, to Bruce Grove, so I'd get off there. And I didn't realize the station had been redone until I went to. I needed to get something that the giant Sainsbury's that they've built as part of the, the new Spurs Stadium. Mm. And I normally would take the bus there, but I was in a hurry and I came here and I was like, whoa, oh, I didn't realize they'd redone the station. And I think you have the theme here with Glasgow Queen Street and this station. It seems to be that people are redesigning stations to look more edible mm. because this looks so, so edible to me. I mean, the those terracotta pots that they've got all around the front are just Rolos. They're just Rolos. I mean, they're just Rolos. That's the first thing I saw when I walked up to this station and was like, oh, yeah, okay, it's made out of Rolos. That's it's fine. Like, well, it wasn't until Rolos. I actually looked it up that I found out what they were and that they were supposed to represent the sort of history of, of Tottenham. Uh, but no, they're just Rolos. It's just Rolos. Then <laughs> maybe a little bit more of a stretch, but I think the orange of the overground uh, kind of spins my head in that direction. And also that picture where the guy is in the, the orange hive is, I think, it was making me think orange. And the overground is such a strong orange color. Of mm. any of the colors on the tube map, it is really, that's the most immediate sort of food one. And I think, 
I mean, I guess it helps that orange the food and orange the color are the same name. But anyway, I was thinking those arches on those those filled in railway arches mm. do have a bit of a Terry's chocolate orange dark chocolate kind of vibe as well. They do. Um, maybe a little bit darker. And then I was also thinking the uh, the wood paneling on the ceiling that has a very sort of breadstick Grassini kind of ah interesting yeah gone gone full Grassini with the uh, with the ceiling yeah yeah That's... so there's just there's a lot of different elements that are very food ish in this station but I think definitely the Rolos on the outside it's... are the strongest point those are very clearly Rolos White Hart Lane leading in on the confectionery element very much so. Um, which is interesting on two fronts because Terry's chocolate oranges uh, originated in York, uh, weirdly, south of the sea. Also, um, the other York connection is me because I live in York. And um, uh, actually, I didn't work on White Hart Lane Station, but I worked on the lines through here, the Lee Valley hmm. lines and the, and the lines paralleling um, are lines that I've done work on. Uh, I have indeed designed, helped design bits of railway through here. So, um, Well, I live on that railway, oh. so thank you for designing... The railway, though admittedly I take the Victoria line more. But when yeah, I yeah. use the railway, <laughs> Many thank do. you for it. Many do. Uh, yeah, there we go. I, I, it's a, a very strong finish. I mean, those are rollers. I just I cannot shake the fact that those are rollers. Definitely someone has just put a load of rollers on the outside of the station. Yeah, I mean, if I was to make a model of that station, even if I was, if I was making model railways and I was trying to make it permanent, I would just make it out of rollos because you could use mini rollos as well if you're going for a scale down yeah there's nothing better than i mean well those are a lot bigger than actual rollos in real life so i mean i would also to like to the see giant rollos that go yeah. on the station you could do all the different scales of rollos i would quite like to see rollos that are the size of those terracotta pots actually if we're going to flip yes. it on its head that, that would also be good which if indeed the station turned out to be edible they would be so there we go white heart lane station it's a very strong uh, finish Emily uh, but I, the last so our number 10 is it's Birmingham U Street that's my my last suggestion and I've already teased you uh, about this and, and sort of give, hinted at what this was going to be because Birmingham U Street station it's a burrito folks it's a massive burrito mm -hmm. uh, it, it, I, I, I am a big burrito fan I, I like um, kind of Mexican food a lot Burritos are one of my favorite things. They're just genius. It's it's a whole meal wrapped very neatly into a package. It's genius. They're brilliant. They're great. And it's softer than a pie. Pies disintegrate. The burrito, until you get to the end where it slops all its liquid into your lap, yeah. it holds together very well. And weirdly, in a kind of a meta way, some of my favorite burritos I've had are, sorry to the, 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 the Shamble Smokehouse, but they are, weirdly, the chain tortilla in Birmingham New Street Station, which I hope is still open. Because they do, they do like the steak one plus the chorizo, which is no good if you're not a meat eater, of course. Mm -hmm. The steak one plus the, the the chorizo, and it just ends up so chunky. Oh, ah, it's lovely with the guac. Yeah. So Birmingham New Street Station looks like a burrito and serves delicious miniature burritos. Uh, yeah, I mean, I looked at this station myself, and I didn't really see much to it. But now, of course, it's just a burrito wrapped in foil. It's so obvious now that you yeah, pointed out. There it is, and it's just you know everyone wants to tuck into a good burrito. It's you know the. It's there. It's delicious. Jackfruit burrito, whatever you, whatever floats your boat, you can put it into a burrito and make it spicy and delicious. And uh, for me, that particularly is uh, burritos are often. Oh, well, in fact, it used to be my uh, when I was in London working. If I uh, 
a very late night. Say I'd been off. Sometimes I used to go on little uh, adventures in, in an evening because I was in London with no one around. Uh, and I wasn't drinking with uh, Tim and David quite as often in my early days in London. Uh, they became reliable stalwarts of my Monday night uh, later on. But earlier on, I was kind of on my own. And I'd invariably have a late night burrito after after I'd maybe had a drink or two. Late night burrito before bed. So it felt like a nice thing to end on, you know. End, end on our on our burrito as we continue to um, glug through. <laughs> through. I mean, the, the Baileys, I'm I, I just going to, I'm going to open this, this, this bottle of Irish cream to give everyone an idea. I think by the audio, people get an understanding of how old this bottle is. I mean, if you, do you want to go to full screen so we can oh. see your, I, this or... was, a, it was more of an audio. I'm going to go big Oh, face. sorry, sorry. It was an audio thing. Cause there's just, but I'll, I'll hold this up. There's the crust on the outside there. That's if I can get it to focus on that, not me. Yeah, there. I can see focus. that. Focus, that's yeah. not good. Uh, it ha- happens to be it was absolutely fine inside a hot chocolate, so it's all good. Oh, well, anyway, so that was that was that was our list of of edible of of edible stations. Emily, um, oh, how's your how's your drink go down? Is it going down any better now? Yeah, that you're it's two much thirds better away? now that I've had quite a bit of it because I'm I'm not tasting as much of it anymore. <laughs> but I am. I am in a weird place where I am also really craving a burrito now. And, but this is so sweet that they don't really go together. It's, it's an awkward place to be. It is. Yeah, that is, um, that is a challenge. Uh, I mean, all I can, all I can stress is that you finish that drink and then maybe ramp up to, uh, something like a strong whiskey and then go yes. for a burrito after that. That might work. Yeah, I could I could manage that. I'd have to go out somewhere and get more booze because I've only got Malibu and a bit of other rum. <laughs> but if I actually no, I do have some scotch Ooh. because the guy who used to live here was a like booze journalist. Like he wrote reviews of alcohol, and wow. sometimes we still get things delivered. And he goes, "Oh no, I don't need it. It's fine." Uh, so I yeah, I do have some scotch. I think roll back. That's amazing. That's. <laughs> That that feels like the perfect way to live life is to move into a former food or drink journalist's house and have all the freebies sent. That's genius. We don't get that many of the freebies, but uh, we do occasionally get them. And I'm like, oh, do you want this? And he goes, no, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah. So it's it's well, because they get they if they've got the address wrong, he just emails them and said, you've got this isn't my address anymore. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So it's a diminishing. So it's a case of diminishing returns. There's, there are yeah, fewer well, I've fun been in this house, uh, well, a year and a half now. So it is getting to the point where I'm getting less and less of them. Oh. But uh, we did have a few to begin with. <laughs> well, that was our list of 10 edible railway stations in the chat. Uh, I'm sure some of you have been discussing your thoughts on edible stations. In fact, the chat, I love the Rail Natter chat because they are a bunch of informed uh, nerds, but also they're all, they, they're all super keen to, um, to share what strange tidbits they have. So uh, the only sad thing about non-live episodes is I can't see the chat where they would be recommending... We, we'd have be, we'd have heard multiple epiphanies. We'd be googling brands. like mad. We would and going, be. Oh, oh yeah, goodness. what does it look like? Let's see. We would be seeing delicious stations uh, before our eyes. But I think our ten that we've we've provided there are uh, are a good first pass. Maybe we'll have to revisit this, you know, in a year's time or two years time if it's if, if real that still exists. And maybe we'll have improved on our list and found new delicious treats. And in fact, well, it we... does seem to be that stations that are being redone are looking more edible. So more edible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many stations. Are are being redone but as they keep happening we can keep keep looking into them so maybe next time we do it some of crossrail might have opened and you'll we'll be able to go and see how delicious some of those crossrail stations look i mean i've been to some of the 
outer ones, most of the outer ones, and they don't look that delicious. But oh. maybe, maybe there'll be a surprise somewhere. There's but, a, maybe there's, a, there's some. And sort I of... think maybe I, I, I didn't have that ha- that that hat on when I was Is going. It, to... n- n- no one who is particularly both of us, but anyone who's watched this and or listened to this now will will no longer have the same. They'll never, they'll never look at a railway station again. We have arguably greatly improved or totally ruined people's uh, railway traveling experience because they're just going to be hungry the whole time. Yeah. Um, but there you go. Well, Maybe... we've, what we have done is increased sales at station cafes and things like that. I think I think we should get some commission for that. Yeah, but... there should definitely be commission. I think I need, we need to give upper crust a shout and, uh, and, and work that out. Ah, uh, so... We'll be back with Emily in, in a few seconds, but first, um, the usual, which is, um, this is, God knows how this worked in audio-only form. We made s'mores in audio-only form. I, I think that's unbeatably good uh, audio experience for the for the listeners. But yeah, you can pick this up at all the usual places. Um, it never started out as a podcast. It started out as YouTube videos, and then people said, why don't you just make it into a podcast? And I was like, oh, well, I'll do that then. So I do that, and it seems to work all right. Um uh, there was an issue with the last episode for some reason. It only uploaded 26 minutes of it because I, I I don't know how to do technology, but I fixed it and it's now updated. So if you only listen to 26 minutes of it, um, go back and listen to it again, listeners, because uh, the, the full thing is now there. It's fixed. Um, oh, the usual plugs from my end, uh, patreon.com slash Gareth Dennis to, to, to make these happen and continue to happen. Uh, the the merch from Masquette. Uh, I, I, lots of people have been buying merchandise, which is crazy. Uh, and I need to make more of it, probably. Uh, maybe an abolish the treasury mug or something. Um, uh, but that, thanks for 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 those who um who get merch. Um, it's fun. People doing selfies with Railnatter masks is a bit weird. Um, Masquette.co.uk slash collection slash Railnatter. Um, PayPal.me slash Gareth Dennis to chuck pennies at me and an abuse or whatever you happen to or or nice comments. Actually, people generally say nice things on paypal they say oh that, that, i enjoyed that episode here's uh here's three pounds fifty which is very nice um and then the, the discord server is where the chat happens that's been going on inside uh happens more and it happens in the middle of the night so if you're into, into that sort of thing uh, then gareth dennis to uk slash discord oh um now that's enough of my plugs it's emily's turn because here is a nice high resolution uh version of the randall round we go uh, uh, logo. Yes, it looks fantastic, Emily. Yes, uh, lovely. It's it. by my friend Colleen. Um, you can you can look them up um at Little Foible on on Instagram because they do some incredible drawing work. But to talk about the actual podcast, mm. so yes, uh, we've got uh eight new episodes. Well, not coming out at once, but coming out weekly starting on the eleventh of January. Uh, I won't tell what the stations are because they get picked out at the end of each episode and that's that's kind of the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already got eight episodes on on all podcast providers that you can find. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Pod, where we've been doing an advent calendar of two books that's really hokey looking, but I kind of love it. <laughs> and we also do... Uh, as episodes come out, we do quizzes about the stations on our stories, which is fun, and at Roundel Round Pod on Twitter, which uh, is a lot of me whenever I'm on the underground anywhere, just taking photos and saying which station and people getting involved and guessing. And remarkable, like I'll show two tiles and people can guess it immediately, and I'm incredibly impressed impressed by people but so you can find us there or listen to the podcast uh me personally you can find at et right home no et right home on twitter yes that's it um and it's a very uh, good handle yeah, i so like it a lot you can get 
all of that. And we are excited about making new podcast episodes and more coming out. It's been a big learning journey because I'd never done any kind of audio things like that before, but we've had a lot of fun and I've learned so much about underground history, um, more than I ever needed to know. But now it's it comes fast and furious to me when we're doing new episodes. And I'm always so excited when I know the facts before we begin. It's 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 good fun. It's on my on my Spotify listening. Uh, I it's I've been soaking up a lot of podcasts recently. Um, I've been walking to work more when I have been going to work. I'm not going to work to the office anymore because of you know, Rona. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, it's been nice when I have been walking to the office. It's been nice to listen to podcasts, and this is one of the ones I've been picking up. It's it's yeah, it's it's great. It's really good. And um, I can hard relate to the idea of um, this all being completely brand new because even though I have been doing rail matters now for like a year and a good year and three quarters. I still have no idea what I'm doing at any given moment. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's good fun. It's nice, and it's nice when people. Uh, it's it's nice when people when you you see people enjoying it, and it's uh, it's good fun. So yeah, Randall, round uh, we go. Uh, it's, yeah, um, it's been fun because there's been people who you know, just people who are friends of mine who you know, a lot of friends listen for the first episode, and we're like, great, never listened again. But some people who aren't railway fans at all just got really into it because they like learning about the history of the areas and the history of the stations. So it has a nice mix of people listening so far. It's it's this is it, and it's what I try I strive to do with with Rail Matter, which is making this stuff kind of hopefully a bit fun and, and accessible for everyone so there's no there are no barriers this isn't a, a rail matter it's it's okay people who like railways people who are super nerds can watch it and hopefully get something out of it but also hopefully it's accessible for everyone and i i think you definitely take that box of it just being really interesting and accessible and there's some really nice stories in there it's great yeah and it's nice because I'm sort of the every person in it. I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about this. Paul knows more. So we have more of a conversation. And I often say things like, I don't know what that means. I don't understand this. Can you explain this? And so we get, and I think what you do very well on Rail Natter is just make sure things are explained and make sure anyone who's listening, whether or not they have a railway background, understands it. It's one of the good things about the um, about the, the the chat actually in the side, uh, which is that people ask me questions in there and I pick it up and and, and if I've said a thing without realising it because it's it's there's always a danger of slipping into using a jargon term. I try and avoid it, but it, occasionally one slips past and they'll catch me out and I will have to correct myself. So it's that is one advantage of uh, of the live side. I mean, it's hard in any industry. You use the jargon day to day and then suddenly you're in another context. It was it's the same with teaching. People have no idea what you're talking about if you start talking about some kind of specific term and go, oh, yeah, you don't work in this world that I know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's Randall. Round we go. Uh, next week's uh, Rail Matter episode is uh, Dr. David Turner, friend of the show, is joining us. Um, uh, and we're going to be talking about um, Xmas holidays by rail Edwardian style. Uh, and I've used Xmas deliberately because uh, the Edwardians used Xmas on their posters, which I uh, kind of hadn't really realized and, and found quite entertaining. So, um, and this is quite a nice poster that I've nabbed and is in the background with a, a nicely uh, little uh, hand-drawn dog uh, with a collar with a, a, a luggage label around its neck, which uh, tickled me because I'm uh simple so uh yeah that's episode 95 xmas holidays that'll be next week uh, it's another pre-record of course but uh join it should be fun something nice to just put on the background while you're doing your various christmas shenanigans i should hope oh so that's that's natter and then after that the new well in fact that will be the new year that'll be the first episode of 2022 good grief 2022 it's only 
what is this 29th it's only a few days away from now it's not a few days from now. it's 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 the 17th of december for us in real life so it's it is a few days away in the grand scheme of time exactly but... in, yeah if you look at the total of cosmic time it's a blink of an eye away 2022 that's like the proper future 2021 was like well it's still the start of the 2020s 2022 is like no no we're well and truly into the 20s it's the proper like sci-fi future and it, it looks about as shabby as 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 uh, as the 2000s did. So it, nothing changes. Well, some things change. Um, yeah, maybe not for the better, but we'll, well we can hope. We can hope. Uh, so um, well, I suppose actually, uh, have a nice have a nice uh, Hogmanay and, and and a nice new year, everyone. But in the meantime, let's go back to our big faces and say a proper goodbye to Emily. Emily, that's been so much fun. Um, I've uh, had a tremendous time. Uh, don't disappear when I when when the when the credits roll. Uh, don't disappear. Uh, I always forget to tell guests this. It's like don't I, I said don't talk over the intro credit intro bit because the the sound the, you can't hear the sound. And then don't yeah. go at the end because I get to say a nice goodbye properly. Um, everyone, thanks for listening. It's and and watching. It's been a joy to have you along, even though we're dis we are separated by time somewhat. Um, Emily, that's thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. it's been so much fun and. I look at railway stations entirely differently now, and I hope I hope the people who are watching and listening do the same. And and maybe some of them are architects and engineers and people who are designing stations and going, let's make this look more edible. And let's, that's what we want in life. That's what we want. So the next step is to put is to really just really just build them out of like bring bring in three D models of foodstuffs. And design your stations that way. That's that's the next step. And uh, everyone should know that Emily and I will be right there to record another episode of this and and sing your praises. Oh, Emily, um, it only really remains for both of us really to, to vigorously wave uh, cheerio to everyone who's joined us. Um, have a happy new year, everyone, and uh, see you in the new year. Cheerio! Bye. <laughs>